at least uh Bryce go they watch our match now now. You know the prevent mm-hmm. my god. I don't I don't funny the irony of the whole team say I have not missed a United game in maybe like five, six years. So uh-uh. you following you is committed to your women, both of you. The only thing you are committed to is asking my I don't know what you are talking about. Please, are we still talking? You about don't ever know. You will not know. You will not know. I, 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 like I said, Akinwa, considering maybe we should give you your own personal show whereby you are teaching up people how to toast women. Ah, because you allow. Tell us, 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 I'm not saying the, I'm saying your own girls they are they are that they are the only one. That's true. I'll bring as in controversy to the show. So if you controversy. Language, you know, you The new name for fornication is controversy. <laughs> I will bring controversy into your life. Why you Before we proceed, before we even start this, because last time when we were on, when we were on Twitter space, Wait, wait, wait. Before I even start going into do you guys remember when Akin told us last year before it after he traveled there? Uh, we should not talk about anything that his babe might be listening. Does anybody mm. remember that? Yes, he said it more than once, like three episodes exactly. in a row. Now he's telling me that all those things was playing, that there's no babe anyway. And there's no details. He didn't give us any details no, like know, you know, the, the thing about life is that as in mm-hmm. it is age and now, eh? And mm-hmm. precision. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Base can mean different things. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hey. What's it? 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 Let's just dive into it. Um, for our listeners that are wondering what's going on, it's the end of our nothing podcast, and um, the chief humanizer is back. This is uh-huh. his first episode yeah, on the pod in a while. It was on the Twitter space last year. I uh, said last year, last week. <laughs> and we're grateful that he's here this week. Because yeah, only yeah. God knows he might disappear until December again. He's hacking. This, 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 this position that you guys are giving the last one, ah, hey. He's a no he's a no I know it's Aki's not like, know, know. Know. Just come with money. How will you call somebody chief womanizer? Oh, <laughs> so chief women leave on of his uncle. <laughs> okay. Ah. <laughs> that one you can fortunately you can become a minister in that in that ah. department. LMJ, experience with Paul. What you mean? I feel like I'm a cook. 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 I feel like I'm
utensils. <laughs> utensils. Um, like you've also heard their voices. The Lemon is around. Kuli is around. Hopefully, Bolly's joins us before the end of the night. We never can tell. He's also a busy man. What is the time of Ligdro? Kuli, I bought the joiners. What is the time of Ligdro? He's not around. <laughs> Anyway, um, before we even start talking about the old Champions League drama and the Champions League, I can I feel like let's just dive into it. Like the fight between Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards. Like if you're on Twitter, if you're watching that fight on Twitter, people were just dragging Edwards. Like, oh my God, he's not on the same level as Kamaru. Kamaru has been killing him for these first four <laughs> rounds. Blah blah blah. Everything. Kamaru is going to win this fight. It's not okay. <laughs> How did it happen? There, fifty-seven seconds to go. Despite the fact that Kamaru was felt like he blocked that kick, he, he just went down. Anything. He didn't block anything. He didn't block. Leon Edwards just used the left hand. To, he fainted with his left hand. So he was trying to block the left hand. It, it, it seemed as if, oh, that's why it seemed as if he was blocking the kick. It was the kick that came after. But then Usman went for the faint of the left hand. So that was the whole point. It was just tactics in the so, but the, I mean, just the same way I said on this on Twitter space, I said really like they, they, they people people have just disrespected this guy for so long, and no, they didn't know that the guy hasn't lost any fights fight since his, his last fight with uh, since the first fight with Usman. I mean, after the uh, fight with Usman, he went on to win ten straight games, and that was what scared me the most. The guy is so technical, and people take him for granted a whole lot in that uh, in UFC. And I mean, I mean, thank God I mentioned it. I said, "Oh, really? These guys have a good record. This is like a worthy fight. Like this is the fight that we. This is like a worthy opponent, not the likes of Kobe Covington or whoever. I mean, they were having double fights. I mean, it's so disrespectful. Like you had Edwards there, that the guy has not lost like any fight. In, in, we like, all know that Kobe Covington got that rematch with Kamaru because he's Dana's boy you now." Of course, now yes, everybody knows, but then that's just in the past. But I mean, the fight is one that I actually enjoyed, honestly. Like, yeah, forget the fact that I mean, he's our countryman, but everything. Well, about you, you, you are part of the people that agree that up until that kick, Kamaru had the fight on lock, of course. But then, do we know that, eh? What were before the start of the game? I've, I believe for I believe that there was a different what there, there was a different plan. There was a different approach to the fight for Kamaru than what he ended up. I mean, the open was not for him to start like uh, wrestling. He had to switch after he was after he was taken down by Leon Edwards at some point. Like that was not the whole game plan. He, there was, I'm, not, I'm not sure he even threw any punch, any 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 uh, notable punch in the in the whole fight. So if I you could you could sense when a fighter is like is like drifting from the game plan. And that was exactly what happened to Usman Kamaru. Like he drifted wow. the whole lot. Really, he drifted. Like how? I mean, how can you have like how many takedowns in just a round? He had about five takedowns or so. I mean, I was counting, and that was like that wasn't being like trying to like um, level up the playing field because I mean, Leonard was actually took the first round. Do you get? So he, he was mm-hmm. trying to like oh, in his mind he was just counting scores. You understand? What I mean? He was trying counting scores, and he was. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't paying attention. That's why he wasn't able to like see it through to the end. Like, I mean, he got like kicked, like I mean, that unexpected kick at the end of the day. So those are the things that I mean, you could sense when the fighter is actually, I mean, he's losing it or he's he's feeling like oh, he's he's losing already or stuff like that. And he, he they they will start doing like too much and at the same time drifting from the game plan and stuff like that. 
But one thing I must commend Leon Edwards for was the fact that he didn't care. That last round, he just went all in. Like, he knew he was losing. Like, okay, you know what? what, what, what I mean, what, what's the worst thing that can happen again? Like, I get knocked out, but then I'll go all out. So that was what he did. And, I mean, he took a gamble, and the gamble worked for him. Wow. Um, I think that wasn't bad enough. At least prior to that fight, like, it wasn't a good weekend for Nigerians in the diaspora at all. <laughs> but I think the surprising thing to, uh, to me, LMJ, was when I saw your post that the Usyk AJ fight on Saturday, the second one, was the best fight I've ever seen from Joshua. And I'm wondering, did you watch Joshua when he started? Like, did you watch yeah. Joshua when I, he was I actually... And, uh, like, I think I'm, I'm trying to say this. I, I get a lot of stick mm-hmm. for for not being on the Joshua camp, and <laughs> it, it's it's a bad. No, I'm not saying you're on the camp. I'm just saying that. Yes, I get, I get. I, I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. building. I'm building to the sequel of the Joshua. Okay. Usyk fight. Now, I've never been on his camp because I I was fortunate enough to start watching him when he was getting into the limelight, and I, I started watching him since he fought the first Klitschko brother. And I must say, like, in that particular fight, there was nothing out of the ordinary that uh, and AJ did. So, like, looking at his other fights, I don't know. I, I have not seen his fights before the Klitschko brothers. But looking at his previous fight before the UC game, like, it was not spectacular for me. Like, it, it was not like the way people were raving about him. Yeah, this guy is special. This guy is probably the next Mike Tyson and all of that. Like, he didn't just cut it for me. And I, I'm very sure you cannot bear me weakness. In both his fight against, um, I think it's Andre Ruiz, he was slow. He was not efficient. He, he, he had a lot of missed punches. Considering I was fighting somebody with a reach that is surpassed by far. I expected him to manage the fight better than he did. But against Usyk, I saw a better match management. He was smart. He was tactical. And I think that was the basis for my argument that that is the best fight I've seen from AJ. Even in fights he has won, he wasn't, wasn't that too good for me. I'm very sorry. Yeah, so... Um... Um, my little has stepped out for a bit, so he asked me to step in in his in his place. So I think we'll just carry on. Bolly, 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 has got to collect rubu rubu. Oh my god! Oh god! I think Bolly is here, so I think we'll just um, put this next question to him because Bolly after the whole saga. For now, as, as, I think as you put that in there, for now, it looks like KD is staying. So I feel like I have two questions here. A, do you really think he's staying? And B, if he stays, what if he's really staying, what does this mean for both the Nets and the NBA in itself? So me, I think from the from the beginning, if we, if we, if we check I think there was a time we had this conversation. We said, okay, what do you think will happen? And I think my prediction was that it could see between law. And the reason the reason was very simple. If Rudy Gobert trade did not happen at this summer, Ikedi probably would have, would have gone because 
the asking price, the net will be a bit, a bit more realistic with the asking price. But after we saw Rudy Gobert get traded for five first-round picks, land about four players, it was obvious that, you know, you can't, you can't say in the same summer you want to trade KD and you are going to get less than what um, Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. Because everyone and the blind and the deaf knows that KD is a miles better than Rudy Gobert. So that, that trade affected the balance of how negotiation was going to happen. And then the fact that he had four years left on his contract and then he's coming off a sweep in the playoffs. So the, 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 the GMs of the other teams now want to give out all their assets. This, this, this is where the conversation will go with the GM, the head coach and the uh, president. They say, okay. Um, okay. They say, one KD. Okay, yes, one KD. Okay, what are they asking for? Ah, they said they want Enroko, Aja, Atibubu, family one. Then they'll ask, okay, okay, KDE, Dan Soyi, on his own, she only go a debe, she only go a travaille, and then they say, I know. Oh boy, you are a little. Oh boy, you are a little. Oh boy, you are a little. Because you are a little. Yes, you are a little. But you are a little. Oh, I need Brooklyn. Yes, oh, try me. He got to the second, you know, second round. But at the end of the day, finally, finally, the Coco could debust up. He didn't get to the destination. So when I look at it and say, okay, so if I give up all these things, KD is 34 with risk of injury. Because last season, if you, if you people remember, as of December, the Nets were top of the Eastern Sandies. Then he got injured. Then once he got injured, he stayed out for about two plus months. By the time he come he came back, they already, I think, ninth or tenth position. They now have to fight their way into the playoffs. So if I bring in KD and I give up all my assets, that means if KD just gets injured, last song, they may buy Pizarro. So did they buy buy So that's the conversation that you, the GM and the coach will have. So I think it, it got to that point where it just said you just said people just said like. No, KD doesn't move the needle of, okay, bring in this guy, then I am maybe 60% closer to the championship. No, it does not work like that. So, I think that's what happened. So, I predict that that was going to happen. But looking at going forward for the Nets, looking at the squad they have, you know, they currently have Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry. Um, they have um, this guy, Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. They, they picked up. Uh, um, Claxton is still there. I don't know if Drummond is still there or if he has left. Um, so, looking at the squad they currently have, they have a very good squad. And one of the problems I think they, they, they had last year in that sweep against Celtics is that Nash was not able to adjust at any point during the game, during the games. And he was not able to make the game easier for his players. And that's the job of the coach. Yes, you have ultra-worthy, ultimate talented players, but your job as a coach is to find small small pockets of spaces in the game to make it easier for them to do what they do so that means if it's to implement a kind of screen to get kd free from time to time if it's to implement a kind of um scheme something that will that will just help your star players you know get some open look free looks and once you get these guys rolling that's the thing about basketball once your star player once you start rolling to shoot three or four in the first quarter or two more before you know it is even if they double him he goes, he's, he's already going ballistic. But Nash was not able to do that. So I feel 
me, my prediction is that there's still going to be a coming to Jesus where they will still have a meeting and discussion where at the end of the day, everybody will agree that Steve Nash cannot get them over the line. He cannot do the job. And then they probably let him go and get someone else to come in for them. If they're able to do that, I think uh, it's a realistic um, prediction that they will be maybe top four in the East and they probably compete in the conference finals. But if, they, if that's still with Steve Nash, which is only uh, formula is play KD, play KD, play KD. Ah. They might not be swept because obviously they are more talented with Ben Simmons playing. But I don't think they will be coming out of the East. I don't even think they will be getting to the conference final. I think two best teams, uh, rounded, coaching, um, balanced squad, is Celtics and the box for now. Anyways. And then um, seven sixers are not very far behind. I, I get I get like your Steve Nash angle, but let's even say like bullish they keep Steve Nash this year and KD. Wait, wait, wait. Before you come and slot in as if nothing happened. What's the fuck I coming to you? I'm not speaking English for us. You cannot just go and collect robo and come back to podcast like that. You have to apologize to our listeners and let them know. Okay. That, uh, I'm sorry. I had a transition that could happen without anybody even noticing. You just ruined the moment. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, me, I don't care. I want our fans to be entertained. Bolish, you understand what he's saying. Come on, you understand? I know what he's saying. You understand? I know what Bolish is driving at. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. That's not an issue for the, for, yeah. uh, for the air, for the public. But <laughs> if, let's even say they have Steve Nash, they keep Steve Nash this year with Simmons, KD, Kyrie's feet and everything. Like, is it a case of, because, Let's not forget that the Brooklyners have mortgaged their future to build this team. Yes, they, they've gotten some picks back for when they traded James Harden. But is it a case of win or bust this year for them? No, I think it's not necessarily win or bust. But I think what Josiah and uh, Sean Marks probably told KD in that meeting is that, see, you came, you were injured the first year, we paid, we did not complain. You signed an extension, you came, you played your heart out. We were love. We were happy that you played. This is a new four-year contract. You have not even played one minute of this four-year contract. And then look at the squad. Now, last year, Kyrie in and out. The squad itself was not even stable for Steve Nash to coach. Fine, we agree that okay, yes, some of the things Steve Nash did not do some things properly, but we are we can see that okay, the squad was just too unstable for Steve Nash. Adin came in, was playing at some point, he stopped playing, he left, Kyrie came in. But we are saying, what Josiah probably and Shomax would have told KD this year is that, see, look at the squad now. Ben Simmons is fit and ready to go. We have gotten Royce O'Neal as a wing defender. You have um, yourself, you have Kyrie, you have Seth Curry, you have Drummond. Let us play this season together and, and let us commit to this season and see what comes out of it. Let us even get that feeling of, oh, we brought in these guys, these blockbuster guys. Let them come and and let us show them on the floor. Let it not just be on the poster. I'm sure that's what they will have like uh, preached and begged them that look, let's come to this season. If we do well this season, where everybody comes together, that problem that KD had with Kyrie not getting his mass contract. Obviously, if, if Kyrie plays well this season, there's no reason why Brooklyn will let Kyrie go. They will probably, if they see that he's committed, he's playing. You know, they are maybe top three in the East. Everything's going smoothly. They might probably, before February, they'll give him a, a, a three years. Because Kyrie is a talented player. Nobody is arguing that. The problem is, he's not always available. 
So I'm sure not just availability. Oh, his attitude is even a problem. Kyrie is a disruptor. They need they need a, a firm coach. That is, that's why I still go back to Steve Nash being there because Kyrie came out on the podcast and said they don't need a coach that uh, he can be the coach. <laughs> if I'm the manager, if I'm the coach, and you say something like that, I'll make sure I say I read the queen in front of the public. I'll make sure everybody knows that I'm punishing you for that statement. Like maybe I'll bring you in in the third quarter. You play one thirty seconds, I'll take you out, and then when they ask me in press conference, I say where. Well, since he thinks he can be the coach, let us know if he's himself in or something. So that one is even so they need a coach, a coaching change. But I feel like Josiah must have told Katie, let, let us even try this season, one more season together with the full squad. Let's see what we can make out of it. Then if now want to leave, then you can leave. If you, at the end of the season you still have three years on the contract, they can still get value for him. Maybe not as much as they are insisting now. Maybe they'll be more willing to work with him to go to whatever destination he wants to go to. Maybe Miami or Phoenix as he likes. And then Kyrie can go to the Lakers or whatever he wants to go to. And then Phoenix uh, and then Brooklyn can build around Ben Simmons. They have Ben Simmons for the next four years. So they can build around him. Ben Simmons has been telling everyone that wants to hear that people don't know that I had back injury, I had mental problem. Now only me to play. <laughs> okay. So I'm ready to play. So they, I'm sure that's what they want to see. You know, you can play Ben Simmons right. at five, a small forward five, a small uh, ball five. You know, play KD at four, Kyrie, Seth Curry, and then you know, mix your party meals is still there. So, I think is that's probably what they are, they are preaching to themselves. Sorry, sorry. Before we leave this topic, I want to quickly ask Bullish one question. Now, okay. um, we, we had that the last training session they had, KD was having a different training station from Steve Nash. Now, at what point, at what point do franchises like this prioritize harmony of the team before one particular superstar? Don't you think at this point, always pushing the blame to Steve Nash is a very, very responsible thing to do? So no, so me pushing the blame to Steve Nash, I'm not saying KD is not at fault. I know KD is at fault, especially when you come out, you know, in the middle of the season and say you want to leave. Meanwhile, you cannot talk to your boy. You know, and you guys be on the same page. You cannot leave the team. Now, people look at some franchises and they say, ah, this franchise is exemplary. Everybody follows to the letter. People forget that those franchises, if you go back and check, is always one guy who is the main star that allows himself to be coached, that allows himself to be talked to. You know, the true, Tim Duncans. True, true yeah, Tim Duncans. Yeah. LeBron James. You know, you have guys like that that will allow the coach to do his job. And they will fall in line. And then if they have opinions, they can share with the coach because obviously they're cerebral guys, so they will always have opinions. They can share and stuff like that. So KD is obviously at fault. But as a franchise that has that has that is like that has barely done anything in the, in the NBA, or uh, except for when you're in the ABA, they are looking for relevance. They are trying to fight for attention in uh, New York. Are, the fans that come to the uh, to their stadium. Most of the fans are away fans are usually more than even uh, Brooklyn fans. fans. That's why you go to a game and then Steph Curry fans are actually more than almost they are cheering louder than even the home fans. So, but how do you build fanship? You need to have cult hero seasons, cult hero seasons. You need to have cult hero players that will just continue to build your folklore over time. For example, let's say they're able to convince KD and he plays the next four years, and let's say they, they manage to win one title with um, KD. That era alone is is enough to bridge some cultural fanship for the next 10-15 years that will build 
that will grow to people that will become, you know, ticket buyers, you know, that will bring their children to the stadium, stuff like that. So I understand why jo Sean Max and Josiah are not just quick to say, oh, yeah, KD, you want to go, yeah, be going. And I don't think, because number one, we need to remember is KD. There are very few talents in the history of the NBA as that can do what KD can do on the basketball floor. So it's going to be, it's, it's, it will be difficult for them to just say, okay, uh, you want to choose our money. Our money will help anybody. I'll call it harmonize for 15 years. Sacramento, because anybody talks, call our money, you want They don't synchronize, oh, harmonize, but still, could help anybody. So you can't, you can you have to play the balance game. I think that's why I said, I think going forward, there might be a compromise where they will say, we need a new coach that can change the tone of voice in the locker room. There are coaches that will come in there and everybody will fall in line. It's the truth. If they got gotten Tyloo, all this uh, paper pay they are doing, it's not happen. It's the truth. Or if they get my Mark Johnson now, carry a lot of because so that's that's what I just feel. Hopefully, Kyrie will not um scatter their season. And to buttress what Bullish was saying, I remember when Tim Duncan retired and his post were giving his doing a send off speech. Um, Coach Pop said something that resonated with the entire NBA. Um, Coach Pop told him, thank you for allowing me to coach this team. Because if your star player doesn't allow you to coach the team, if your star player doesn't listen when you are talking, every other player is going to follow him. They're probably going to end up disrespecting you. So that's how, that's how it works. Um, Akin, before I even go to the Champions League, what have you, um, I don't know if Fully brought this up. We we've, um, Initially, Fury said he was, he said he was going to retire. Then the WBC, WB, and Kobe are like, oh, I'll give you a mandate. Decide what you want to do. Then he's yet to decide, obviously. But now he's telling us that $500 million and he's going to come out to fight USIC to unify the belt. I feel like the belt should be unified. But I don't see any planet, like any planet, where USIC stands a chance against Tennessee Fury. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's like, uh, I mean, it's too soon to actually judge, honestly, really. Like you know, even giving Usyk a chance or anything, but I, I'm expecting a very good fight. That's number one. And I like um, you. I'm a <laughs> there's no good fight anyway. He's beating. Nah, uh, okay, now people okay, like go on. put money on top because Usman Kamaru. Me not the waste. Me not chill now. But honestly, yeah. Like uh, if if you look at each uh, the the what's it called the stats, it's it's not going Usyk's way though. But then, I mean. See, I didn't want to look at the stats. Let's look at the skill level. Yeah, um, I understand that Usyk is skilled. Like, he's no ordinary fighter. Cruiserweight become, becomes heavyweight champion of the world. Like, he's, he's that skilled. But everything he has is at a disadvantage. The same skill you have, Tessifuri has it better. Tessifuri is bigger. He's taller. He has a better um, length than you. And oh, the reason why I was talking about... The bigger. The reason why I was talking about, you know, fighting... Go on, go on. If you're bigger, uh, mm. if you're bigger and heavier, like it, it also means it also has a disadvantage. To you. Like it means that you're not fat. Yeah, right? it's a disadvantage. But we have seen Fury. Fury is bigger than almost every other heavyweights in at this point, and is and he moves better than they move. We've seen his head movements. We've seen his shoulder movements. We've seen how he can switch from southpaw to orthodox when he needs to, despite being six nine. And it's, it's able to move faster than those that are smaller than him. So it's not an issue of, oh, you're going to go and fight Deontay Wilder that you know is going to hope and pray that once that right hand hits you, hopefully the fight will come to an end. No, you're not fighting someone like that. You're fighting someone that knows that he's faster, he's quicker, 
and has a heavier punch than you. I just feel like because the reason why I was telling Element at that point is that we didn't really see the AG of old. He was talking about Klitschko and everything before I got called away from this. Like Klitschko, Klitschko was the first person that put AG on, on the floor. That was the first time AG ever hit the canvas in his career. Like everybody before that, everybody collected serious beating. And when you see fought um, um Derek Chisora before fighting AJ, everyone was like, Oh, the fight was even close. Despite how we all know Chisora, like it's Chisora. So a lot of people expected AJ to beat you see, but one thing we forgot was that the AJ, the same AJ that we knew before, is not the AJ we have again. He doesn't have that eye of the tiger anymore, as far as he's concerned. And whether he has mental health issues or not, I hopefully he finds a way to overcome them and finds a better place, whether his career and his life. He is not the same fighter, but every time we see Tansi Fury get into that ring, we see a guy who is driven, determined, wants it, and is skilled enough to prove it. Oh well, I mean, it's left. For, I mean, honestly, I, I just. Want to I think you know, I think like um, Aki is thinking of possibility of Arsenal winning the Premier League. So, <laughs> if you can achieve. It's not as if Tyson Fury is not one of those fighters that is big and doesn't use his body. He would lean on you with that body. The whole weight. The, and he, he, and it's not as if maybe he does not take punches. Yes, he's keep with dodges punches. But when he takes punches, he takes them and, you know, he's, he's still on. He, he's, I think Tyson is just, honestly, he's just one of the most beautiful boxers I've seen in terms of no, dusk. See, Bullish, Bullish and um, Wally. See, it's not as if I don't... Um... Uh, I do, of course, I, I, I know that he's good. Everyone knows that he's good. But then I also try to, like, uh, as much as possible, leave space for, like, okay, you know what? Anything is possible in this sport. Like, yes, in, combat in that sports, case, especially in, in every sport, weight category. Yes, everything is possible, yeah. Like, mm. you never can, for once, judge if I, okay, based on, like, oh, this person's staff, this person is key for or technical than the other person. Okay, now, um, okay. Um, this guy came into the fight against Usyk as a, uh, like a, a bit heavier than is than Usyk, and this time, I mean, in terms of like tech, uh, uh, skillfulness and everything, oh, he, he improved a, a, a whole lot. Uh, AJ, uh, when, when, when you actually compare to fast fights, but then again, it was not, it wasn't enough. You understand what I'm saying? So, no, but, but, that, but that, there are a lot of things you, that can actually. You know what? I want to disagree with you. Okay. We we, we always knew that. Um, AJ's um what's called is like his winning model is that he's very fearless when he's fighting and he launches his punches are very heavy. Like he doesn't like he doesn't give you time to say you are combining skills and doing all those things. He's always going in. But since he lost to Andy Andy Ruiz, Andy he Ruiz like he lost at that yeah. um that method of fighting. So we knew that it was not the AJ that we knew that okay, he will come in and then lean. We, you, like because there's one thing that you have for you to be bigger than the fighter, there's another thing for you to use that body to lean on the fighter when you are punching. AJ didn't do that. Even if yes, he was a bit more practical in this fight, but he was too cautious because he was scared of being knocked out. Exactly. Like, no, you know, I, you know, it was thing I said in the space. Like I said, okay, I'm. We're, we're not. I wasn't so sure. Or nobody's sure of the kind of of the of the version of AJ to expect. Like, is it the one that is very desperate or the one that is like, oh? 
probably like leaning on the fact that he lost or he got so it's so I mean, did he, so I did he, he, he had, he had an issue he, see he had an issue that it went beyond i think it was a case of like oh like okay, let, leave let it in his mind that he could actually I don't want to it was it was a bad Sometimes money changes everything. 